friends, it's Christine Hoover, and welcome to the By Faith Podcast. I've missed you, and I have a special episode just for you today, a little bonus quarantine episode. But first, I want to tell you that I have a great book discussion guide for my new book, With All Your Heart, that you can use for a book study this summer. In fact, this week, I talked to one of my friends who lives in Nashville, and she said that her and her friends are gathering this summer on back porches all around Nashville to go through the book. If you'd like to do something similar on your back porch this summer, or maybe even over Zoom if you're not Zoomed out, feel free to download the free discussion guide available on my website, and I've linked to it in my show notes so you can get to it easy. In the book, each chapter ends with personal, individual questions that you can go through to process the information in the book. But the discussion guide is meant for you to talk about it with others. So you'll want to grab that and get some friends together and read with all your heart this summer. I'd love to hear if you're reading it. Let me know. Okay, friends, I wanted to share with you a bonus episode of By Faith. In our church, I get to help with training and equipping opportunities. And we've been taking full advantage of the whole Zoom thing to provide webinars for people in our church. I shared with you the marriage one we did a few weeks ago, my husband and I. And just recently, we gathered some of our wonderful singles and asked them some questions about what it's been like in singleness, specifically in quarantine. So we talked to people who live with roommates. We talked to people who live alone. We asked them how the gift of singleness has been clearer for them and what some of the struggles of singleness, how they've been exacerbated through this time. So I hope that this is an encouragement to you. And even if you're married, I hope you'll listen to it because you'll learn so much from these wonderful people that are in my life in our church. In the end, we asked them how married people like us can help our single friends as we come back into some form of normal life in the coming weeks. You'll love this interview, friends, so let's get to it. Here is my conversation with many of the singles in our church. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for being a part of our conversation tonight. We're going to be talking specifically about singleness in in this quarantine time and, and how to live that out well. And so there's a bunch of different questions that we'll be asking a panel of singles that we'll, we'll let you guys introduce yourselves in a second. My wife will give some instructions, or, or I can do that later too. But, but uh, why don't you give us any kind of technical... Sure. Logistics. Well, we have a panel of eight singles from our church that are going to be sharing uh, what they're learning right now, things that have been helpful for them. And also we're going to be asking them at the very end uh, some questions for our married folks to listen in and learn from them of how we can help singles as they're transition, transitioning back into kind of more normal life. And I would say we're going to, we're asking our panelists to introduce themselves the first time they speak. So they're going to tell you who they are and what they do and their involvement in our church. And so you'll get to meet them as we go along. Yeah. So uh, the first question, and we'll, we'll start off with you, Clara Buller. We'll, we'll give a couple different folks an opportunity to answer this is, how has God grown you and shaped you, Clara, during this time of quarantine? And again, before you answer, tell us who you are, any kind of work you do, and if you, if you, you know, have an area of service at CCC, and if you live alone or with others. Got it. Yep. <laughs> I'm Sarah. Um, I am a teacher. I teach ESL at Greenbrier Elementary School, which has been closed since middle of March. So I haven't been going to work, but um, I've still been doing teaching from here. So this is like my little home office. <laughs> um, and at CCC, I'm in a community group 
I do Com Kids. What was the last question? Do you live alone? Yes. Uh, no. I live with um, two roommates who also go to CCC, Jen and Stephanie. Cool. Great. So how has God grown you and shaped you during this time of quarantine? Yeah. I feel like I've got to preface it with like, I feel sometimes a little bit like there's this feeling that you're supposed to be doing all this growing right now. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like that's happening as much as I would like it to be. Um, but I do feel like there are things that God has been really sort of honing in on and showing me. Um, so one of them is like finding my purpose and my portion in Christ. I think that's been just really kind of, it's become more um, necessary as like other things in life get taken away. So I think early on, as just like things started getting canceled, like school was canceled and um, I coach a soccer team and that was canceled and um, just like everything else, I think that I have put kind of like my identity or like this is what I do into. And like right during all that, right when everything was getting canceled, I happened to read um, the story about Martha and Mary in Luke 10. And um, just like, it just really hit me. <laughs> when Jesus says at the end to, to Martha that Mary has put her portion is the Lord and that will not be taken away. And so I think just like that was kind of a reminder that regardless of what we do, if our portion is really the Lord, then that won't be taken away no matter what else is taken away. I mean, I think I've kind of adjusted a little bit to, to the things not being in my life, but just keeping that in mind and, kind of trying to grow. I think God's been showing me more and more of what that looks like to have my portion actually be him and not various activities. And then another thing that's just, I just sort of realized a few days ago that I've been thinking a lot more about eternity and about the fact that this world is not, it's not ever going to be good completely. Um, I think as we sort of go through a collective hard time, it's easy to just wish that we could go back to how we were mm -hmm. before, but realizing that that's not really the answer, but that one day coronavirus and all the other bad things mm -hmm. um, will be gone. That's great, yeah. Clara. I love how you said it's like, you know, when everything's canceled, you know, what, is, what are the things that you're really about? And what, you know, I think that's a good way to mm -hmm. think about it. All right, mm -hmm. all of that's canceled. All my plans are canceled. Who am I? Uh, thanks. That's great. Kyle Barger, what about you? Introduce yourself and, and then again, answer for us, you know, how has God shaped you and grown you during this time? Yeah, like Kyle said, I'm Kyle. Um, I'm a physical therapist in Rutgersville. I've been coming to CCC for about a year and I've been helping with the greeting team or the bouncer crew, as I like to call it. <laughs> and uh, I live with my sister, Kendall, who most of you guys know. She's like a local legend. Um, True. So as far as God has grown me, um, I would say that one of the things that I'm worst at in life is resting. Kind of in every way, I don't really like to rest. I've always been somebody who likes to be constantly on the go and be constantly stimulated. And I would say uh, spiritually, I've struggled to pursue God when life slows down. And that's even before coronavirus. So like I'll come home from work and I'll you know, rest for a while and sit on the couch and have a few hours to kill before bed. And by the time I get to bed, I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't even really thought about the Lord for the last few hours since I haven't done a thing. And so it's just a time of, uh, it's just a way that I'm not strong in my faith. And so I am working, so I'm not completely resting. But 
I'm only working about half my hours. And so, you know, relatively the other half the time is a lot of rest. Uh, so just learn a lot about what it means to pursue the Lord in a time of rest, um, and in particular with the Sabbath. So I've never really been one who honors the Sabbath, to be honest, um, in the way that I believe that God has called us to. So I've always either worked on Sunday or uh, done school or try to prepare for my week on Sunday and uh, just been very busy. And so lately, just um, after I had a conversation with my friend, just talking about the Sabbath and uh, how he just found so much value in honoring the Lord through that and just realizing that uh, it's a, a command from God to rest on the Sabbath, but at the same time, it is genuinely worthwhile to rest on the Sabbath, just trying to make that a priority each week and put aside, you know, work and get that done on Saturday or whatnot and truly honor God with resting on the Sabbath and just resting more throughout the week. So um, spending more undistracted time with God, uh, being intentional about slowing down, um, reading, doing something relaxing. Um, so like I've been trying to even, you know, in exercise, um, I find that relaxing and then taking care of my body physically, like stretching, foam rolling, you know, resting in that regard too. So I would say that collectively in ever since the word rest has been um, an area of focus that God's been, been working in me in this time. That's great. That's great. That's super. Thanks Kyle. I think that's always good to think through what, how to mark off days in the midst of where every single day feels like the exact same. I think that's super. And Lauren Houck, why don't you answer that, introduce yourself and answer that too, and then we'll move on to a different question. Hey, I am Lauren. I teach math at Albemarle High School. I live alone and I am one of the leaders of the youth ministry here at CCC. I think one of the ways that the Lord's just been shaping me and growing me this time is just by using stillness and quiet to just expose sin and idols in my life. And I'm not normally a person that is accustomed to quiet or stillness. And so that was a very abrupt change in my life. Um, whether it be from, you know, exposing the idols of success at work or, you know, being able to idols in like friendships and relationships, or even just being able to see my, you know, immediate family, which I haven't been able to do. And so I think, yeah, I mean, obviously we know like scripture tells us in, I think it's Psalm 46, like be still and know that I am God. And so he's just been using this time of stillness and quiet to yeah, expose these sin and idols in my life. And I think normally pre-corona, I would have um, honestly just kept going, kept busy, kept, you know, running away and kind of hiding from these things. But in the stillness and in the quiet, it's impossible to do that. And so, yeah, it's been a blessing that the Lord has taken stillness and quiet, two things I normally would not associate myself with loving and just used it to refine me. And he hasn't left me alone in the things that he's exposed. Right. He's exposed these things in my heart and then has come alongside me and said, all right, now we have the time to work through this and figure this out. That's great. So good. Thanks for sharing that, Lauren. Well, you may have noticed on the screen that we have three ladies sitting together on a couch. The three amigas. <laughs> three amigas. They're not, uh, not all roommates, but two, two of you live together. And so that's been definitely a, a common theme as we were, we're wanting to address for singles who live with other people and then singles who live alone. So we're going to start with the singles who live with other people. So I'd love to start with you, Laura Michael, just answering this question. Um, if you have, this might be a little awkward. If you have housemates... What, how has it been challenging for you? <laughs> With the person right With the next person to you. the person over, over there. On the <laughs> end. And how has it brought you together? What are you learning about living in unity with others during this time? 
And be sure to introduce yourself yeah, first. Yeah, that too. Um, so my name is Laura Michael, um, and I uh, am a museum educator at Monticello, um, and I've been a member of CCC for, I think, about five years. I've been involved in lots of different things during uh, that time period, um, but currently um, uh, Com Kids and community groups. And this has been a challenging time <laughs> to live with a roommate, uh, even a roommate who uh, I know and love as much as Haley. Haley and I have known each other for, uh, this is our 10 year anniversary of knowing each other. Uh, so we like have been friends for a long time. And yet, if I came to you and told you that I was going to pick one friend and live with them round the clock and almost never leave the house, and we would also work from home and go to school from home together, and would also be each other's community group and Sunday morning church group, I think everyone would say, that doesn't sound like a wise choice under normal circumstances. That might be a lot for a friendship to bear. And yeah, I think that this is um, a huge blessing to live with a roommate, but it also is something like this quarantine lifestyle is more than our friendships are like really meant to carry. And we don't have the training that say like married couples have probably been through premarital counseling and like conflict resolution and nobody does that when you like move in with a friend. So this is not a situation that I think regular roommates are really prepared for. And it is hard to even necessarily like know where your conflict is coming from. So for example, and Haley knows I'm going to share this, this past week I was very stressed out and irritable and I was like, why is Haley not meeting my emotional needs? And then I realized that normally at work on like during this time of year at an international tourist destination, I interact with hundreds of humans a day. And unsurprisingly, Haley is not replicating that well in our home, right? Like, <laughs> shockingly. I'm like 70 to 80 people on my own. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Um, not quite. So I didn't even realize that that was a shortcoming that I was feeling. And then I was feeling hurt by that. And then I was like responding ungraciously to that. And then having to like work through that and be like, that was an unrealistic expectation. And that was not fair for me to place that on you and apologizing for that. But even more importantly, like taking that to Jesus, because it's foolishness to expect a roommate to fulfill me the way that it's foolishness to expect anything other than Christ to fulfill me. So, Very good. That's really, really good. With a roommate and with Jesus on my issues. <laughs> Clara, you also live with roommates. Would you have anything you would add to what Laura Michael shared? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so my roommates are not sitting here with me on a couch, but they are on this call. <laughs> Um, and we are usually to the same as Laura, Michael, and Haley, and Laura, um, three of us for comm group and for church together. Um, so yeah, I would say for the most part, it's been a really big blessing to have roommates at this time because there's people to interact with. I really can't imagine living alone, so I'm excited to hear the answers for the next one. But yeah, we've, we've definitely grown closer. We were kind of talking about well, we tend to be busy and going all different directions. Um, and then when we have conversations, it's kind of like, how's your day or what'd you do today? Um, and I think just like 
the amount of time we've had together, coupled with not really much going on in our lives, has led us to have deeper conversations, which has been really cool. And I think it's really grown us personally and also as friends. Um, I think one challenge that like is starting to come up more now is just as things open, figuring out how we navigate that together because one of my roommates does work for a long-term care or a nursing home. And so just figuring out how do we love each other well and submit to one another in love in those areas and then also function kind of as individuals. So like I think what um, you said before, like we're not married, so we don't function the same way as a spouse, like one flesh. We are individual people, but living together, yeah, we do obviously impact each other. And I think especially with something like a virus, our individual actions, I think all of us are learning that our individual actions impact more people than just ourselves. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thanks a bunch, Clara. That's really great. We'll transition to the folks who, who do live alone. And so what have been the unique challenges for you? And then what have you learned that, that can benefit others who live alone? And so maybe we'll start with Jesse Phillips. Why don't you introduce yourself? How long you been in your role, uh, involvement at CCC? Any, anything like that? Sure. I'm Jesse and I do live alone, as was pointed out. I am a uh, administrative assistant in the Curry School, and I am involved leading a comm group in the men's ministry and then hospitality team on Sunday mornings. So um, I feel like I waffled as to whether I'd agree to doing the panel because I'm like, I don't feel like I've had big life lessons. And then as I prayed about it, God like sort of reminding me of the things that every day he's pounding me over the head with. So I think the unique challenge to living alone is that I'm not processing daily life, like not even the coronavirus and all that means to my own life and others, but like I'm not seeing my coworkers to be like, what'd you do last night? What'd you do over the weekend? Did you see the weather forecast or all that? Because I'm new in my job, so it's not like I have deep relationships yet with my coworkers, but I'm in my own thoughts a lot before the pandemic. So now I'm pretty much primarily in my own thoughts all the time, even, yeah, because I'm not working with other people 40 hours a week. I'm doing it from home. Um, with limited to no interaction, even via email some days with them. So I think what I have learned to be okay with is calling people on the phone and them not being totally devoted to the conversation. And this is going to confirm for some of you that know me very well that I'm an 80-year-old man (laughs) and have been my entire life because I get very irritated if I'm taking the time to call you and you're like doing the dishes or I swear some people like get out tinfoil when they're on the phone. Um, Because they've got their headsets and whatnot. But just like I will be on a two-hour phone call now with a good friend or family member. And we're talking about nothing, but that's like how I've made up for it living on my own. And I didn't know that I needed that until it was uh, taken away. So for the most part, I don't know that I'm a great case study. So I feel like for the most part, I do like being alone and I've enjoyed being on my own. Except that I'm now starting to realize I need other people just to process everyday life with. and. And, my, and some of the other things I'll answer, it's maybe not been as healthy as what I realized. And being okay with things like interrupted phone calls about nothing, being okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anybody feels like they're doing this well. I, don't, I Sometimes I've said to him, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Like there's a right way of doing it. So I'm, I imagine we all feel like that in some level, just am I, am I doing, am I making it through okay? 
I think even for us, we're, we're introverts, but, and we're, we're even, and there's a sense of like, we're like, man, we just, we feel like we're in this silo, this vacuum chamber where it's like, man, what's going on out there in the world? And it can be hard to navigate that as well. But what about you, Amy Dodd? So introduce yourself and then tell us um, what have been the unique challenges for you and then what, how have you benefited from this time that you could share with others? Um, yes, I'm Amy Dodd. Um, I've been at CCC since 2012, which is um, when I moved to Charlottesville for uh, my job with Athletes in Action, which is a sports ministry. So I serve um, the athletes and coaches at UVA, leading Bible studies, helping them in their own walks with the Lord, and then uh, ministering to their teammates. So I have lived alone now for a year. It was last year, last June, when I moved into my own space. And so at the beginning of this, I totally resonated with Bill's um, beginning of the sermon this morning of being like, oh, yeah, it felt like a snow day. It was like relaxing. I felt like I was getting my my introvert alone time. I was rejuvenating. You know, I was going for runs by myself, like totally like alone time in my own bubble and loved it. That lasted for about three days, I think, (laughs) Um, when I went for a run. And part of my run is like past a horse farm. And I started talking to the horses. (laughs) And I was like, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Oh, you're a pretty thing, horse. And I saw, and then I noticed somebody sitting across the road in their yard. So I was like, I need to turn around and go home. (laughs) Um, And then I realized, okay, I probably should call someone. I should reach out to people because, yeah, I think I've been in my thoughts too much, like Jesse said. Like, it's, I've been in my own little world or sphere and I need people. Um, And so that's where, I think you can self-isolate if you start, like I started, I think, get lonely, but I wouldn't recognize that or maybe like call it what it was. And so then I was not reaching out to people. So thankfully the horse helped me. <laughs> like, well, that's, that. we've gone too far. If we're yeah, this, you're over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Reel it in. Get yourself together, Amy. All right, we're good. Thanks for sharing. Laura Cooper. You're one of the three amigas on the couch. You don't live with the other two, but what introduce yourself and then what have been the challenges for you? And then what are the things that you've learned that could benefit others who live alone? Yeah. So I'm Laura. I'm also a museum educator at Monticello, uh, working from home full time right now. And at CCC, I've been here for about five years in the Rumbelow community group and then uh, discipling through the college ministry. Uh, and calm kids in normal times as well. Um, And I've clearly just cheated um, in terms of living alone uh, before this really kicked off, sort of the week where everything was starting to close down and a lot of conversations were happening at work. The three of us decided that I just, you know, got to use my key uh, during uh, during quarantine. Um, And that's been just a real um, grace to me that these two have just let me into their lives and given me that support. Um, Like Lauren was saying earlier, sometimes the quiet has been really beautiful and like the uh, being alone, that immediate temptation to just take my problem to another person um, under the guise of community oftentimes is immediately taken away unless I, you know, pick up the phone and do so virtually. And so there are times when like, being alone in the quiet and having to take things direct to, directly to the Lord has been really good. But then as Amy was saying, recognizing when that's just isolating um, mm-hmm. and when it's detrimental. And that means that I have to recognize when I need to ask for help, which is not something that 
I want to do, but knowing that I can just quickly send a text and say, hey, I'm coming over, um, and I just need to get out of my house and out of my head um, has been a real grace to me. And Christine, like you were saying, I felt like I was trying to do it, like do work from home, do quarantine right from the start. Um, and I knew I would need some structure and accountability for being alone and working from home. Um, and so week one, I like had a schedule and was following all of the like how to work from home successfully tips. Um, and that just made me feel like I had failed by 8.30 in the morning. So it became a checklist and it's okay if not everything gets checked off every day and that's fine. But I think this has also been a season where the Lord has just been opening and shifting my heart. I've been living alone since I moved to Charlottesville in 2015 and that's been really good in a lot of ways. It's pushed me to go out and accept invitations and you know go out and do things with people. It's given me great opportunities to host people. <coughs> I opened my planner for some reason and noticed that back in February I had had commitments like 17 nights in a row. And that was obviously not a good thing to do either. <laughs> it's also a mistake. Um, but I really think over the last year or so, the Lord has been softening my heart to no longer living alone. So I think that might be something the pandemic is clarifying for me is that this season that has been really good in a lot of ways might might be coming to an end for me. And so I think living alone has had some blessings in it in quarantine, but I think it's also revealed how much work the Lord has done over the last few years in terms of opening me up to accepting help and truly being in community. That's good. That's great, Laura. I think it's been interesting. I've talked to a lot of different folks. Laura, I think this is, is I think for community, I think people are kind of it seems like it's getting small for people. The people that we're relating to regularly, it's, it's, I think you're finding out like, okay, I've, I'm keeping up with this amount of people and, and it's maybe smaller than what we did normally. But I think what we're seeing, I think even what the other two, you know, on the, is, is it's bringing up some, several of y'all said it, some deeper level conversations with fewer people mm -hmm. that I think can be a really good thing. A, Beautiful thing in the midst of all of this. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next question. The question is, what are the best things that you have done to maintain spiritual, emotional, and mental health? And I know all of you have learned, we're all learning in this, but I want to ask Amy to go, go with that question. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what Kyle was just saying, I think the term hashtag quarantine or quarantine family is like the the grouping of people that you've been around during COVID times. And so that for me, I felt like the Lord has really brought special people in that sphere. And so just doing fun things, playing tennis, walking with a friend, going for a hike, going for a drive. Um, that's been pretty significant as well. I think in the mornings I've had more time. So I've slept in, which has been nice, but I've had more time to just, spend time with the Lord and read, which has been really helpful. Yeah, I've just learned if I'm going to do all this virtual ministry and work and connection and Zoom calls that I have to, I, I work better if I have a, at least one meaningful connection with someone face-to-face uh, -face, either every other day or sometimes every day of the week in order to like maintain that balance of maybe five hours on Zoom, which I know some people are eight hours on Zoom, which I, I don't know how they do it. And then another 
kind of significant thing that has really helped is just finding those moments of celebration during this time. And so, again, it kind of goes back to living alone. You, you always look kind of inward and there's a lot of self-reflection or um, self-preservation is what Bill said this morning, which is I resonated with again. But, but looking for ways to encourage others that God has placed in my life right now. And so whether that be like neighbors or some of my quarantine or something, but have these moments of celebration, especially and like if people have birthdays during this time, like even doing the drive-by with the moped, sure, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll get out the moped on a sunny day. So um, helping people celebrate and feel loved and special and really looking for ways to kind of love and move outward rather than inward has, yeah, just asking the Lord to give me more opportunities for that. So that's been really life-giving and joyful. That's good. Kyle, would you add anything? Uh, yeah, so I guess this is kind of hitting the opposite side of the coin from my last answer, talking about rest, um, and that I think it's been really helpful to wake up every day and have purpose, have that sense of purpose. And I heard uh, a pastor one time say that everyone needs two things, love and purpose. And obviously, first and foremost, that's a love and the purpose that comes from the Lord. But I think, especially in this kind of time, people get in trouble when their routine every day for getting through quarantine is, you know, just killing time on social media and Netflix and like wasting time on the couch watching things. And so for me, like when quarantine first started and I got past the initial panic of having to rest, <laughs> I uh, made a list of these goals that I wanted to work towards for quarantine. And it was things like uh, spending more time with God, memorizing scripture, continuing to exercise, work hard at my residency, um, and just develop the passions that God has given me. And uh, I posted that whole list on Instagram and a lot of people were entertained at my goal of getting better at dribbling uh, a basketball, which is still a work in progress. Uh, I think this time has helped me to realize that this is actually a gift of time from God and that quarantine is not a reduction in my purpose or in my potential. Mm. And um, Bill really challenged me today with the sermon to make sure that the purposes that I pursue are from the Lord and not me just consuming my time with whatever dreams I come up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but making sure that, you know, I'm really reaching out to the people around me and um, it's a, it's a mission based um, mm-hmm. pursuit. And so, so I guess my quarantine summary really is learning how to rest while still being driven by pursuing these purposes that God has mm-hmm. given me for where I am. Um, and collectively those have really helped me to maintain good health in all those ways. That's great. Super. Um, I think that that's an idea that's important to, to think that, is to not think that this is, this is wasted time or you're just waiting for to get back to normal, but you know, nothing that God has it gets wasted for what he wants for any of us. And so viewing that as like, this is what the Lord has for us and how do we cultivate that in the right way? And I think that's really great. We get to share. Jesse, we'll, we'll head back you to your way. I'd love to hear some, like how have the challenges of singleness been exacerbated during this time and then what have how have the gifts of singleness been clearer for you during this time yeah so i love the the wording of the question for exacerbated because for me i feel like the challenges of singleness have not necessarily changed but just have been magnified for me personally in this time and i think the primary challenge that god's been showing to me is that i often ask the question rhetorically like why can't everybody else think like i do so that could be regarding like when I'm watching pandemic coverage, I'm just like, there's nothing to worry about. And then God's like, that's because you have a full-time job. You live alone. You don't have to like 
X, Y, and Z and all these different things that if I didn't have those, would I be so trusting of God? And yeah, so I feel like, like I said before, I'm often in my own thoughts and that has been more challenging in that I'm not even talking about the everyday things with coworkers. So therefore I'm like, why can't people think like me? Because I have nobody else even sharing an opinion. Even if I do or don't agree with them, I'm not hearing them because I can turn the TV off and I can listen to other podcasts I agree with or whatnot. So I think that's just become more evident that I need other people speaking into my life, which I don't think I was ever against, but not being like, I've been okay, but I have to be more proactive about inviting that into my life by having those long phone calls I talked about so that we may actually disagree about something at some point, even if it's like, seriously, are you working with tinfoil again? <laughs> um, and these are actual conversations. I'm not just making up examples. So I think that's been more evident, like my pride and like, why can't everybody think like me and or react to X, Y, and Z situations in the same way that I do. And I think that really this morning came to it, like I had this revelation that for me, people not following Zoom etiquette as I deem appropriate <laughs> is now my new road rage because I'm not in the car hardly at all. And I just like, like why can't people learn how to mute themselves? Um, or unmute themselves. And apparently it wasn't even people's ignorance today. It was because all of us were on Zoom at the same time. So just seeing my own pride in Zoom etiquette, even though I've been the one and you can ask people in my con group <laughs> how often I screw things up like that. So it's not like I often, when I don't unmute myself, I'm like, I am the person that I hate so much right now. <laughs> and like being convicted of my own pride in small things that are not important before or after this pandemic started. Um, so I feel like that's been exacerbated that I'm in my own thoughts and seeing my pride more. I think the benefit for me, and I think there's plenty of singles on our panel and in the audience that would be, would say um, living alone would be more of a challenge, but I feel like I've loved every minute of it. And I feel like it is much harder to be living with other people, whether they be roommates, spouses, or children right now. Um, often I'm like, I can leave my dishes there or I don't have to worry. Like if I want to eat four bags of popcorn tonight for whatever reason, <laughs> nobody's there to judge me about it. So I don't, those are not necessarily good things, but I feel like living alone in that way, it's, it's a benefit that, and I don't have to worry about bringing the sickness back in. I can go to the grocery store on my own and not bring it back to somebody or other health complications. And yeah, live, as other people have shared, think, considering even roommates, I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, Haley, Roland, we'd love to hear from you as well. We haven't gotten to you yet, but um, yeah. So introduce yourself, and I'd love to have you answer that same question. You know, you've certainly with with roommates, you'd kind of provide a different perspective, even to what Jesse said as well. But what have been the challenges that have been of singleness that have been exacerbated during this time, and then what are the what are the gifts of singleness, and how have they been clearer during this time? Yeah, um, so I'm Haley Roland. I have been coming to CCC since I think 2013. This is probably the only setting in which someone could convince me to like publicly broadcast my feelings because this does not come naturally to me. So it's a testament to the ways in which CCC really like took a very wary, emotionally stunted individual and was like, it's okay, <laughs> you can be a whole human here. So that's, that's been great. I would love to be able to come back to a building full of individuals. I, again, yeah, I am not great at talking about things that are 
hard for me or even like talking to myself about things that are hard for me. I'm a lot like a puppy in that I need like 14 hours a day of human contact. And the reason is that if I don't get that, my thoughts immediately turn to myself and go straight to the worst case scenario of like hundreds of different outcomes. I have made myself cry imagining what it would be like if one of my siblings died. Like none of them are sick. None of them are in danger, but I just like start imagining what that would feel like, which is not something that uh, healthy individuals do and can maybe make you imagine what sudden quarantine was like for me. So being alone and being alone with my thoughts is very difficult for me. There is blessing in that, in that it is a chance for God to sort of kick some of the stilts up from under me and make me realize that the things that I was propping up to lean on were not him, and those things were never going to last. Um, so one of the challenges, and I like what Jesse was saying, that it is about like exacerbating the issue and not creating new issues, um, because all of these were here before, I was just able to mask them with social interaction. And the biggest one for me is kind of that this has started to illustrate my greatest fear of singleness, which is not that I won't get married, but that I will start to slowly lose community, especially as a lot of my friends are now married and, and starting to move away and that I'm sort of like perceiving that I'm losing meaningful community of people that I no longer have a lot in common with, which is not to say that I mourn all of my friends' marriages. That's not true in any capacity, but just that I often sort of feel this really deep terror that people that I love are going to start like finding people that they love and have committed to and that they will slip away and that I'll eventually just be alone, lacking any meaningful community of people that know me and like want to know me deeply. So that's been exacerbated by this quarantine, obviously, because now the number of people that I see has dwindled down to like five to 10 on a, on a good day um, in a good week. And that is incredibly difficult because now I'm just every day facing like, this is how sad it would be for me if my worst fears of singleness were to play out, which is a lot of that is, is not at all coming from people around me that I'm expecting them to like tell me every single day that they won't leave. But just that like, that's something that God has made me realize that I've held on to that fear and sort of assumed that like that will either go away or that I'll get married and it won't be relevant anymore. But that I need to like actually confront that and recognize that the point of me being on this earth is not that like other humans will be around to always tell me they love me, but that I'm here to give glory to God. And it doesn't matter if there's not a single soul in my life who is single by the time I'm 80 and I'm alone and I'm the only single person in the world. It does not matter. I'm still the bride of Christ and that's still my primary role. So that's been both a challenge that's been exacerbated just to constantly kind of face down my worst fear, which isn't awfully rude of Jesus to just plop that on me in the middle of March. I didn't mention I'm a student. I'm getting my master's in landscape architecture. I was also online for most of this last semester. Design school was not meant to be online, I don't think. <laughs> um, so it went the way you might expect an outdoor program to go indoors. Yeah, so that's kind of both the worst challenge exacerbated, but also the blessing of just like, there is something really painfully beautiful about God, like removing everything that you've been leaning on. Um, painful because you will fall and hurt yourself very much, but also beautiful because then it's like, there is still something that you've landed on. Like Jesus is still there and he was never not enough and he was never not sufficient. It's just that I built like a nice little castle that I thought was sufficient. So there has been a sort of like very 
achingly beautiful time of realizing how many things that I thought were going to sustain me for the rest of my life. And they just like that could be taken away. So that's my great. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing your feelings with us, Haley. (laughs) So proud of you. (laughs) Maybe not anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Thank you. That's very, I mean, I think I love y'all are all saying very similar things, but you're experiencing it in different ways that this is hard, but it's good because God is growing us through this. So um, let's talk about work. Because all of you are working and you, your vocation is a very important part of your life. And so I'd love to talk about how that has been challenged or your, your, your uh, passion and your vision for your vocation has been renewed in this season. So uh, Laura, would you talk some about that? Just what, what are you realizing about work? Sure. So I think early on, just a lot of different questions popped to mind. Um, almost some guilt about the fact that like my job is secure and I do work 40 hours a week. Um, and there are some true challenges to being single and living alone in a pandemic, but I am also not working a 40 hour from home job while taking care of kids or what I've been watching colleagues and, you know, juggle two full-time jobs with their spouse and then also take care of their kids and all of these very real challenges. Um, So just recognizing that privilege, never mind how much more difficulty is being faced by those who don't have jobs right now, but just rejoicing that, like, whether it is work or not, that, like, God has good work for each of us to do and callings on our lives and asks us to work for his kingdom and for the benefit of others, but also in ways that, that bring us good individually and use our gifts in ways that are encouraging to us. And I'm working, but like in no way are my tasks right now indicative of my regular job description, um, just because it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've reinvented so much of what we do for a digital format. And so for a while, it felt like my responsibilities were changing week to week, um, which was really challenging. So to know that God has a calling on my life to use my love of history and my passion for education well, but that to hold how that manifests really loosely. Mm -hmm. And I've been reading through the Old Testament and just seeing how often God makes a promise and then asks us to wait Um, and not try to find the way it's going to play out ourselves um, because that just goes really badly. And I think it's also just really been revealed. um, We have a, like a broad cultural idol of productivity. Like we as America love to make everything productive and recognizing after the first couple of weeks that it was okay for staring at my laptop in my kitchen for 40 hours a week to be hard um, because it's just, that's not, that's not the setup for productivity. Um, And it's okay to take this time and space to rest and I don't have to pick up a new hobby that I can sell on Etsy in the meantime. (laughs) So like, it's okay that it can just be relaxing and fun and that the three of us can hang up our hammocks in the yard and read books that we've all read before and that that could be what we do in an evening. And then slowly finding ways to connect to the parts of my job I love the most. Um, which is people. Um, So I email back and forth about just nothing with one of our tour guides who's retired. And I get to hear about 
you know, his grandson and what they're doing during a pandemic. And that's been a real joy and sending cards to all of the UVA students who work at Monticello who are graduating and who we'd normally be able to celebrate. And part of my job right now is our virtual kids programming. And so I sit in my living room and talk as if I'm talking to children. Um, and it's make, made me realize how much I actually get, how much I miss actually getting to talk to children, <laughs> um, which is just hard and sad. And, and then finding ways to just be a support to those colleagues who are in much more difficult situations than I am. And so just there's, it's so easy for there to be, you know, terse or harsh words by email and, you know, just by any sort of virtual communication when it's with a coworker who I could normally like yell through a wall <laughs> and see if she was there and talk it out real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, and so just, extending a lot of virtual grace um, in work conversations um, has gone a long way too. Lauren, what would you add? How's work? What are you learning about work, identity, that kind of thing right now? Yeah. So if I'm being honest, when, so I'm a high school teacher and when schools were first canceled, it, it kind of, it really wrecked me. Um, just, yeah, because work is something that is so important to me. And I was thinking about it this way. Like, if you think about what people put on their, like, Twitter or Instagram bio, you know, a lot of times people will put, like, they'll put their things in order. They'll say, like, Christ follower, wife, mother, Etsy craft maker, you know, or whatever it is. That's what Lauren <laughs> right? have on hers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they have this, like, prioritized, like, ordered list of their things. And for me, it would be Christ follower teacher. and so. It was this just like giant thing that was taken away from me. And yeah, it was really hard at first because not only is that, you know, the thing that I like love and enjoy doing, like that brings me so much joy every day, but it also has been like what I view my mission field to be. Right. And so, you know, this is the place that I have, you know, for years, like strongly felt the Lord's call to like your, yeah, like my purpose and my calling is to be in a public high school classroom, just like teaching, yes, but also like loving and ministering to high school students um, in that unique time in their life. And so, you know, I had this moment where I was just like, well, Lord, like, what do I do? You know, you've taken away my purpose. You've taken away the reason that you have me here. What am I supposed to do? And just by the Lord's grace and kindness, he just reminded me that like my, like, yes, a reason he has me here is to be a high school teacher, but that is not the primary reason. And that, yeah, the primary reason I'm here is to bring glory to God and to um, go forth and make disciples. And so, yeah, by his, but yeah, just by his kindness, he just helps me think through that. And so it just honestly gave me a lot of peace knowing that, yes, this thing I love was taken from me, but that is not the only thing that is not the only way for me to get purpose. So it's had to be a bit of a just reframing for myself of, okay, so now that I don't have high school students, because at the um, high schools, our teaching has been reduced to five word documents. So we don't have like daily class or anything like that. We just posted some word documents. So yeah, so it's just been a reframing of what is my mission field? Like where is my ministry? And even just wrestling through that question and um, like the Lord in conversations with my coworkers, this was able to become a testimony of, no, I'm, I'm no longer wrecked because school is canceled because I know that my purpose here is not just to be a high school teacher. 
and I know that the Lord has, um, that I'm here for the Lord. And so I was able to have that testimony and share with my friends and my coworkers um, that were so kind to check in on me. Yeah. And then just, yeah, it's just been really good for me, I think, too, to, yeah, just broaden my view of what my mission field is and looking at, okay, I can't go out and like meet people, but who are the relationships that I have in my life now? And like, who needs to know the Lord now? And um, who do I know now that needs to know the Lord? And yeah, so it's just been, it's been very different. I've had to reframe um, a lot of what I view my like day-to-day actions and purpose to be, but the Lord has been faithful to that. And he has, yeah, once again, not left me feeling purposeless and not left me feeling useless. Good. That's great. And I think that that's, I think we always run into trouble when we think, oh, I'm, if I, if this is taken away from me, then I don't have purpose anymore. You know, and I think, I think that's, I think you're walking really well in that Lauren. And so that's awesome. And I think you all are. I'm just so encouraged listening to you. I'm learning from what you're saying and, and so thankful that we have, and you represent many more single people in our church and our community who are being faithful to, to the Lord, serving him in this time, growing and learning. I just, it's an encouragement. So and, but speaking of us as, as you know, we're just listening and being just really encouraged by what you guys have to say, like, what would you, what, what can married couples and families do to help you or to bless you as, as things begin to open up? Laura, Michael, how about you? Do you have anything for that? Um, so I think, um, as we've said, uh, at a number of different, uh, singles discussions and things that like, that's very different for different people. So cannot speak for all singles, but I think like asking singles what would help them is a good place to start. And I think that there are a lot of singles who often because of our singleness, we like project a lot of self-sufficiency because we're not partnering with someone in the way that married people are. And I think that that can often come across then as like, nobody needs to check in on that person or like, they're fine. So they're not having any, like, they're not having struggles and issues and things like that. So like, be aware that just because it looks like a single person is like smooth sailing, um, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. And then also I would just say like, include single people as we reopen because like people are multidimensional and fill lots of different roles within their different circles of community. And like, as a single person, the multiplicity of my roles has been greatly diminished by staying in my home. Uh, so I think sort of like giving singles then opportunities to re-enter different portions of what would be our like normal roles, um, and in our lives. And as Laura said, like, children are, you know, again, normally in my job, I'm leading field trips and things like that. And so I get to interact with lots of kids and I get to watch children for calm kids and things like that. Uh, and so want, if you have children and want to share them with singles, I think there are a lot of us who would like to share your children with you and you might be eager to share your children after all of these weeks at home. So, (laughs) yep. You're not wrong. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Haley? Well, uh, you have the final word. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I think a lot of what I am sort of longing for is in a similar vein of just, just to please not close ranks. And I think that that is, I'm not meaning to sound flippant, like married people are, are just like 
rudely deciding not to talk to us. But I think that because as I am, I'm, I have no doubt that this quarantine provides its own challenges for married couples that they are needing to spend time together working out what this looks like for them. And I, I respect and understand that, but to also know that like, we, even though I have a roommate, like as Clara said, we are not one flesh. We are two people who committed to live together, but not to like share our entire lives in perpetuity, in perpetuity together. Um, not that I'm planning on abandoning more Michael, but um, you all understand. <laughs> um, uh, but that a lot of like the fears and sort of like the pain and hurt that we've been experiencing, we've been carrying alone in a lot of ways. And it's not a sort of loneliness or longing that we are used to sharing. Um, it has been exacerbated. It is worse in different ways. So even if you can only widen your circle by one or two people safely, um, even just like to let us come sit in your yard or like hang out with your kids or take a walk with us or shoot a text, but just to not to fight the urge to circle up the wagons and just be um, your one family unit, but to remember that like we have been learning and growing and also hurting and also desperate and also lonely. Um, and to just like keep us in your prayers and um, try to reach out to any of us. That's helpful. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I, th I think that could be a good kind of closing up point, if that's all right. right. We've I think it's good for all of us, singles and married folks alike, that we all need to have this idea of how we want to move forward and, and seek out and be very intentional with that. Because I think this is providing a pause for all of us. And then it gives us an opportunity when we restart, how we're going to restart. And so... I think that will be good for all of us to think through of like, okay, what does it look like to, to not get stuck in just this people that we walk through this pandemic with, but you know, how do we maintain that with whatever people we need to go on? But how do we, how do we bring that other people in, in some really good and healthy and right ways? I think that's the challenge for all of us for sure. And I think for, for marrieds by all means. And so, I mean, I was just hearing you guys share and talk, it just, maybe I'll close with just a, a scripture um, as Philippians one. He talks about Paul talks about that. Yes, I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. He's in prison at the time. And he says, it's my eager expectation of that. I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so I think it talks, it speaks to this idea that heaven's going to be better, like what Clara talked at the very beginning, but that there's good things now and that what we're called to do is to, is, is to, to be Christ and live for him. And he was in quarantine at this time, you know, by being in prison, but he still felt like he could live out, he could still live in a way that was Christ-like, that it, nothing was lost in this. And so I think that's the hope for all of us during this time is that we, we, I really like that part of, of what um, Justin Haley talked to about like, th this is exacerbated, whatever our situation, we've all been exacerbated. <laughs> the problems have been <laughs> exacerbated, right? But then also I think that we could all look and say there's been some sweet gifts as well. And so I think we, we walk forward with those as well. And so I would say one of the gifts for me has just been missing people like you, like seeing your faces on the screen and, and seeing names that are of people who are watching. We love y'all so much. And we're so thankful to be in 
family with you. And we're thankful for what you've shared with us tonight, being willing to share openly about what you both have struggled with and what you're growing in and enjoying. Yeah, just to hear like how you describe yourself and, and your who you are, what you do, what you're about, is just you know, makes me very thankful and grateful for each of you. Thanks for listening, friends. I hope that was an encouragement to you, whether you're single or married. And don't forget to head to the show notes or to my website to download your free discussion guide for With All Your Heart this summer. I wrote this book, actually fits really well with what's been going on, to help us to know and to acknowledge the idols in our heart. Well, I'm sure you've noticed some of those things in your own life, but what do we do once we've noticed and acknowledged them? How do we turn away from these crutches and turn toward Jesus, who is our good King? Well, that's what the book is about, and I would love to come alongside you as you're processing these things this summer. Check it out in the show notes. So check it out, and friends, I hope you have a great week, and keep walking forward by faith.